Everybody, and welcome back to Mystery Science Marshall, a podcast all about the wonderful, crazy media that I love. Well, we've made it. It's been six weeks since the beginning of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and except for last week when I didn't have anybody to record with and I was super busy and tired. I'm super busy and tired from college right now, too, but you know. We've been doing the podcast episodes, and I'm so thankful for all of you who have been following along on our Falcon Winter Soldier coverage. And today, we will be discussing the final two episodes, the big, big final two, that everything has been leading up to this. And I am joined today by the two people who I started doing Marvel Madness with way back in the summer, Grace O'Brien and Amelia Reinetz. Yay! <laughs> yes, what? This is exciting. This is, we, we, we made it. Well, yeah, we did. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> and we've also made it through almost through our first year of college, too. That's a whole other thing. But right. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we jump into the episode, did you all see the Shang-Chi trailer? Yes. So I, I had to watch it on mute. But I did watch it, and it looked super cool. It does. I was, I was babysitting yesterday, so anytime my volume is on, I get hounded by children. Mm-hmm. So I was watching it on me. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked really cool, too. I'm intrigued by, I mean, whatever the heck the plot even is, because it, it was just showing, ooh, look, our fun stuff. Um, right. Chinese setting i'm intrigued by the one villain guy who's got like the white white face mask sort of deal yeah yeah he he kind of i don't know maybe it was because i didn't have the volume on but he kind of weirded me out a little bit yeah he looks really weird i bet he's going to be like silent or something so like you never hear him talk maybe in general oh perfect that'll be interesting I don't know what his name is. I don't know any of these Shang-Chi characters at all. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that fits in with the larger MCU Mm -hmm. world. Yeah, yeah, that and Eternals. I mean, I have no clue how Eternals is going to factor into any of this stuff, but we will see. So these last two episodes... Mystery Science Marshall presents Marvel Madness, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hoofda. Where do we we even start? I don't really even know. Can we start with the appreciation of the action montage in episode five? Yes. Because it's something we haven't really gotten a lot of in this series, so. Yeah, no. I appreciated it, especially the fact that for some reason Sam had just a bunch of old gym mats lying around and just like <laughs> strap them to trees. I mean, who yeah. doesn't have a bunch of old gym mats lying around? <laughs> All of us. <laughs> All of us. Yeah, yeah, it was a beautiful, like the Louisiana woods and stuff that he was running around in the bayou, I guess. And just seeing Sam wield the shield. First there, and of course, in major action in the finale. But it's just really cool. And Anthony Mackie holds it very well. (laughs) Yes. Yep. I mean, it took him a little bit. I do appreciate that they showed him, like, working on it, that, like, it doesn't come easily. Like, that Mm. was, like, you do have to work at it, and I appreciated that. So I think they did a really Mm. nice job. Yeah. So I guess this begs the question, something I wanted to ask is, what is the event? What 
made Sam pick up the shield? What made him accept that he has to hold this identity as Captain America? I almost wonder if it was just all the events building up with John Walker and then going to talk with is it Isaiah yeah. beforehand mm-hmm. and all of that put together made mm-hmm. him realize that he has such a great opportunity yeah. to help the world and to change the lives of so many people. Yeah. I also think Sarah played a pretty pretty big part in it or in Sarah and her kids especially just watching his nephew's awe of the shield he was like huh you know it'd be super cool for them if I did this and Mm -hmm. and so I think I think that also played a big role because Sarah was like well are you gonna let one old man tell you not to do something and then Sam kind of went into defiance mode again and was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think talking with Carly one-on-one in episode four also, I think, had an effect in seeing that their ideologies, their, 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 the core part of what they believe is the same. Right. But Carly took a very particular path towards violence, towards death, to solve, you know, to solve her, to try to solve the issue, right? That was her means to justify their, 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 their end is the same. Their wanting of peace and security is the same. And so I think Sam in some ways realized, especially after John Walker resorts to violence, right? That I need to be the other side of this. I need to be a, a, a light of, of hope and kind of reclaiming the shield, reclaiming the, some ways, ugly history of some of the things associated with this, with the, the American nationalism that the shield can represent, that, right. ins- that it kind of, that Isaiah talked about too, right? And so I think you're right that it, it really was a bunch of things, but it, um, I think they did that really well. I think, I mean, the whole series has been about Sam getting to this point of, of accepting this identity and, and, and rushing into it. And I just think it, it, it just turned out really well. Yeah, I also think it was interesting how little of a role Bucky played in his decision. Um, because in that scene where Sam starts practicing with the shield, Sam is actually the one giving advice to Bucky instead of the other way around. And mm-hmm. Bucky, I guess, Bucky, he kind of deals with Captain America type, Steve Rogers type people a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he's always been that like one guy who's like, oh God, here we go again. Um, mm-hmm. And so he kind of just knew. And so he brought the shield and he gave Sam a new suit and was just like, this is going to happen. And I know it's going to happen. It just might mm-hmm. take you a little bit to get there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. In the end, I feel like Sam helped Bucky more than Bucky helped Sam. <laughs> yeah. Because they have that exchange there at the end where, at the end of episode five, where Sam tells Bucky, you know, you got to stop looking for other people to tell you how to live your life and tell you, you know, what, what to do and kind of helping him with how, you know, how Bucky is actually going to be able to overcome his trauma which we see him, you know, by talking to the old man at the end of episode six or the- Which broke my heart. Yeah, we see him, we see him going back to doing that. And I think that's a good sign for Bucky. Yes. Yeah. Will that open up more doors for Bucky to be in Marvel movies in the future? Or will that like- say oh this is the end of his chapter he's finally healed and moving and is moving on I don't think so because if you think about what Carly said in episode six give him someone to save Mm -hmm. she knows that Bucky internally cannot 
let people be in danger like he's incapable of it and uh-huh. he'll save people yeah so i think that in itself just shows that bucky whether it is in an official capacity or in a unofficial capacity he will definitely still be involved mm-hmm. and i think that stems from bucky because he was the danger for so long in his life right and that's what i think sam tells him too is you gotta keep focusing on helping others. Right. You have, to, you have to stay in this fight because, I mean, helping others is part of healing. I feel like, and part of Bucky's journey of healing too, is is seeking those reparations for, uh, for for what he has done in the past. And I think part of that is going to be helping the new Captain America. Is is still being in partnership with Sam. You know, they did announce that Captain America four is in development with, with Sam as Captain America. And the movie will be co-written by Malcolm Spellman, who is the, who is the showrunner of this show. And I imagine Bucky will be right alongside Sam in that. Well, it's kind of hard for Bucky not to be there in a Captain America movie while he's still mm-hmm. alive, you know? He's, yeah. he's like the official Captain America sidekick, whether or not he wants to be. Like he has been yeah. in every movie, villain or best friend. Yeah. And everyone has always loved him. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's get rid of him. He's kind of the fandom's darling in a way. <laughs> yes. Poor, poor Bucky. He's getting better, though. He's, um, he's healing. He'll have his sad puppy dog moments, but maybe there won't be as many <laughs> as the beginning of this show. Well, let's be honest. He had a lot more happy puppy dog moments in these last two episodes, like when he met Sarah. Yes. Um, his interactions with Sam's family and the community there were just perfect. Especially yeah. in that montage at the end of episode six, where there's like three kids just hanging off of his arm and he's yes. a conversation entirely ignoring the children just hanging off of him. Yeah. I think it also showed the like sibling type animosity between Sam and Bucky when. Bucky was like kind of flirting with Sarah but not really (laughs) and it was very entertaining to me yeah the final moment of episode six is Sam and Bucky looking out into the into the sunset into a new horizon together I mean bromance I mean yes (laughs) yes always great I think just that moment is like, they're going into this new journey together, into this new world. Right, and they're getting along now. They are. But not really. (laughs) Well, there'll be something that makes them be a bickering married couple again. (laughs) There always will be, whether it's Bucky just completely jumping out of an airplane and then Sam videotaping him falling Mm -hmm. or something stupid like that yeah something will divide them and i wonder if that person dividing them might be sharon in the future if if one of them starts to become um suspicious of sharon and the other one is not so let's let's talk about sharon carter here who of course in episode six was revealed to be the power broker as everybody thought right i'm disappointed (laughs) and i think peggy would be too so yeah oh yeah so i i struggle with that carter name being hers and her being the power broker because i feel like she's using the power behind her last name incorrectly well she definitely is now you're now after she has been pardoned and she's like i'm gonna get my old job back and have access to all the u.s codes and military weapons and stuff so Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and part of me wonders, you know, like what happened in Madripoor to make her turn into the power broker kind of, because mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be some sort of traumatic backstory to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, they showed a little bit of it, but they didn't show enough to the point where like, I understood. Because mm-hmm. right now I'm just kind of angry that she is the power broker because I don't think that's what she should be doing Mm -hmm. um 
So I think if we understood her backstory a little more in Madripoor in the days, in the year, in the five years after the blip, um, I think that would be not only would it solve a lot of issues for me personally, but I think, I think people might sympathize with her more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely something there. I mean, she was, I mean, because of her involvement in civil war, right? She was scorned from the country, right? Thrown out of what she had been worked, what she was working for, being an ally to, I mean, at first shield and then whatever, wherever she was, just the government in general, I guess. Um, so she, I mean, she's definitely bitter about that. She's obviously very bitter about that. Uh, and I mean, I would be too. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, something, something happened. She, there's a, there's, there's a missing step. Yeah. And so I'll be intrigued if she is the villain of Captain America 4, which I definitely think she should be. Well, either, I mean, it makes sense. So, but I also, yeah. I don't know, during that last scene, like by the ambulance, when Bucky is like kind of trying to protect Sharon, mm-hmm. I was like, what's happening here? Yeah. I'm not sure I like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Sharon, I mean, Sharon's the one that did kill Carly. She silenced Carly, who is yep. the one person, I guess, still, I mean, I guess Carly's minions, well, they're blown up now, aren't they? Right. So nobody is around that knows. That you know, she's the power Well, group. at least not yeah. part of that main group. Yeah, nobody who is in like custody or who. Right. Would, would be maybe willing to speak right now about her. Right. Yeah. And do you think like if she wasn't, if Sharon didn't kill her, I feel like Carly was like, moments away from telling sam like hey she's the one who did this to me oh oh definitely oh yeah that would have come out if she was taken into custody oh yeah also she really broke my heart when she was asking sam why won't you fight back like fight me oh yeah and i was he was really hitting that like her emotional break she was hitting it Mm -hmm. There's so much building throughout the yeah. series. Because she knew in, the, in those moments, I mean, she was losing. Yeah. She was at her wit's end. And so just for her to see all of her work crumbling in this moment, uh, yeah, it's... It really kind of hit me hard. She was like, why won't you fight me? And Sam was like, I'm... I'm, I'm just not gonna fight you you're like 17 I'm not doing that yeah um, and yeah part of it was because Sam felt for her but part of it I think was because she is a child yeah you know? yeah uh, I think there's no escaping that that she was so young mm-hmm. um so I think I don't know I think I would have done what Sam did I don't think I would have fought her mm-hmm. um I think I would have tried to hug her. Um, yeah, yeah. Everybody in the show just needed a hug. Yes. Yep. I will give them hugs. Okay. Mm-hmm. They just come and find me. I will yeah. always give hugs. Yeah. So I don't know. It was that scene was really heartbreaking for me. Honestly, all of the scenes in the last episode that had any sort of emotion behind it were heartbreaking mm-hmm. for me. That's just. Well, you were heartbroken like the whole thing the whole yes. episode <laughs> yes the whole series you were you were heartbroken yes yes but yeah <laughs> you know when sam is talking to the grc council members at the end he's he's basically like i mean he what, went off and i appreciate it yeah he snapped but what does it mean that this girl this young girl carly she was the one who was going off and doing all this, right? The young right. person that she felt the need that she had to do this and that she's the one that's, that is standing up. And that she died for it. Like, like yeah. I understand what Sam was saying. Like, you have the power to prevent this. Like, yeah, there are children dying because you are literally ignoring 
all of the struggles that is happening. So it yeah. was just kind of like, yeah, what are you doing, you know? But yeah, in, in that conversation, there was a lot of, cause, cause the GRC people instantly label her as terrorist, right? Yeah. Which is something, I mean, you see that happening a lot, right? These, you know, real people's identities are scapegoated just to saying, oh, you know, they're terrorists, right? Especially when we talk about, you know, Middle Eastern Arab um, cultures and identity and people in, in America, right? In, involved in, you know, involved in, in, in things. Um, and it's all to get around the question of, of, of why, right? Why are you doing this? Oh, they're a terrorist, right? They need to be stopped. And, and then that is ignoring the, the actual issues, the actual ideologies and the culpability that you yourself might be in whatever is happening, you know? Right. Which the GRC, I mean, they were, they were the reason because they were withholding resources because of all this. Um, like you said, Amelia, it's, it, it's not just a black and white issue. Nope. Never will be. Um, I think it was also interesting how Sam kind of laid into the senator saying, you know, and it's something I wish that senators would think about more often too. He was like, when you are discussing these issues, who is in the room with you? Is it the people who are struggling? Or is it yeah. other rich, powerful, he implied white, he didn't say it, but he implied it. And I, I look at that and I think, wow, can someone say that to our senators? Like, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. Some of our senators are doing a great job, but others, I look at them and think, dude. You're sitting in a place of privilege, right. speaking for the underprivileged. Yeah, yeah. Yep. This is why representation matters. This is why, you know, it, it's the job of senators and elected officials to actually go and talk to the real populace of people and ask for their opinions, right? Um, if, you're a, if you're a straight, cisgender, white senator, male senator, that is the majority of our Senate right now in the United States, of course. Uh, <laughs> that is what senators should be doing is actually listening, right? They have a tremendous amount of power, and this is talked about too. You, you, have, you, you have power, but to stop and ask, okay, should we use our power in this instance? Right. Why are we doing this? What and, does this mean? And why are so many people fighting us? On yeah. The yeah. Um, and I think that's what Sam was really trying to get across. He was like, hey, there are hundreds of thousands of people who believed what Carly was doing. And so yeah. you should think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even the, your you eyes mean, to what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And Carly's movement is not over. I mean, no, definitely in, not. in some ways, uh, I mean, killing her made her a martyr. Yeah. She has become martyred now and people are going to rally, still rally around the flag smasher image, I'm sure, whether we well, see that or not. I gotta be honest, I think Sam was kind of perpetrating that when he kind of floated down with her, kind of like an angel, mm -hmm. if you will, yeah. kind of illusion. And so I think Sam was kind of perpetrating that, saying, hey, look, now she's a symbol. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, that it's so interesting how Sam, you know, was when he was walking with her. I mean, she, she was resting on his hands. You see that sort of image a lot. And there's a particular, in, in Batman Arkham City, which is a game, spoiler alert for Batman Arkham City, in the end of that, Joker dies. Joker dies. And Batman carries Joker's dead body out the exact same way. And the symbolism of that is like the duality of, of man, right? And Carly and Sam were on different sides of the same coin. Wasn't there also a point that like someone mentioned that you're going to remember all of the lives that was Bucky that you yep so on the phone. you're gonna remember all of this like even if your ideas are good and maybe not all of them but even if you have the right idea and you want you have the right end goal 
you're the way you're going about that could mm-hmm. haunt you yeah like yeah him he was literally trying he was like a grandpa trying to impart wisdom on his granddaughter like hey so I did something similar and it haunts me to this day yeah. like I'm still I'm still trying to apologize to people so think about that you know yeah, yeah I found that interesting too because you know we've been talking so much about what is the societal cost of this but there's also the personal yeah. cost yeah the personal struggle that you go through knowing that you are responsible for so many people's deaths, which is yeah. exactly like you said, the nightmares Bucky is having. He's reliving that trauma and he's like to Carly, you're gonna have this too. Don't go through what I did, right? You have the choice. I didn't have a choice in the matter. Right. You yep. do. Also, was it the lady who contacted John Walker that gave Bucky the phone or was that just my imagination? I think that was your imagination i think that was just i don't remember that a random person okay yeah so let's talk about her then this madam hydra played by julia louis dreyfus what the heck is up with this thing what is happening i don't don't know know. but she's iconic i know i i actually really enjoy her as val madam madam hydra character yeah the blue hair yes it's great. I although I will say it makes me extremely uncomfortable that this every meeting she has with John Walker is seemingly in a government building. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the implication is that she works for the US government. Right, which if if she really is Madam Hydra and not some other, you know, evil villain, but we're all pretty sure she's Madam Hydra. um if she's not that means that there was another influence besides hydra Mm -hmm. behind the u.s government and i gotta be honest it was bad enough when hydra was the influence behind the u.s government we don't need any other problems (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah hydra's hydra's still in there it seems in some capacity or at least within we all knew it never would really leave like yeah it wouldn't make sense if it just was gone like that. Right. You know, cut off one head, two more will take its place. That's yeah. their motto. Um, yeah. So they, even if they cut off the head, you know, yeah, there's going to be more. Um, and whether it be the same Hydra or a different facet, I think it's always going to be around. So it appears what is up with Madam Hydra, maybe. People are saying, it seems like she's putting together a new team. That could be another new team. (laughs) We have, (laughs) she's got John Walker now, and it seems that she has Zemo somehow. I mean, Zemo is imprisoned in the raft here, but apparently there was supposed to be another end credit scene, which they're saving for Black Widow now, where... Black Widow's, I don't know if it's her actual sister or it's her assassin sister, Florence Pugh's character in the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Like comes to the raft to recruit Zemo for this That's team. interesting. And so because they don't want, yeah. And because they don't want to introduce this, the assassin, Ileva, Elena Belova or something is her name. Um, we'll just call her Florence Pugh. Because they don't want to introduce Florence Pugh yet, until the Black Widow movie when she's in that proper. That makes sense. They're switching it to that. So it seems like there's there's a new team, maybe a Dark Avengers team assembling. Listen, <laughs> the, the original Avengers team was dark enough, okay? They all had their problems. It was pretty dark, okay? We don't need a darker one. <laughs> I feel like this is just going to complicate things too much. Yeah. And I like I, I, I like the idea that Madam Hydra is basically their, their Nick Fury <laughs> for this team. Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus in here, messing, every, messing everything up. Is she going to lose an eye? <laughs> <laughs> she's, got the, she's got the streak in her hair. That's her signifying, her significant uh, physical quality. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't get that 
via cat. <laughs> Very true. Via alien cat. Right. And maybe, okay, oh goodness. This is going back a little bit. I saw a theory that Sharon might be a scroll. Remember the scrolls from Captain Marvel, you know, who can, the villains were the, who we thought were the villains. Still any better about her being the power broker. Yeah, but that's not actually Sharon, but that's a scroll who is impersonating her. Because we know, I don't think that, if if they do this, I'd be really, really shocked. But we know that Secret Invasion is coming. They're making that show. And the Secret Invasion storyline is Nick Fury or people realizing that scrolls have infiltrated Earth. And there's lots of scrolls who are living on Earth. Right. As people. And in the comics, it's a whole big thing. The scrolls are evil. I don't know what they're doing here with this. Well, it seems like at the end of Captain Marvel, they were friends. I know, right? And it seems like they're still friends because... Nick Fury's up in space bumming around while scrolls were uh, impersonating him in the present or whatever, or whatever's up with that. Well, in far, yeah, in, in Far From Home, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest, though. If they're really doing this Dark Avengers thing, like, who's gonna be the dark Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Can you make Spider-Man dark? I don't know. Think I mean, about it. Peter Parker is a pretty pure person, okay? They tried to make him dark in Spider-Man 3, and we know how that went with Tobey Maguire's infamous dancing sequence. Uh, (laughs) I mean, Just get Venom. You can get Venom for the team. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Tony Stark was already pretty dark. Oh, yeah. Plus, he's dead now, so are they going to replace him on the Dark Avengers? I don't know. So many theories. Yeah. If they're doing if they're doing the Young Avengers too, which is probably a thing. In the comics, Isaiah's uh, grandson oh, actually yeah. inherited the super soldier abilities. And he becomes like the young Captain America in the Young Avengers in the comics. That would make sense. So I would like to see that. Also, um, I just, I, I want to bring up Wakanda for just a moment because we know that the Wakandans made Sam's suit, which honestly, beautiful suit, well done. We all know it was Shuri, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I got to be honest, man. I, I do not like the headgear on the new Captain America suit. I think it's fine, but... I, it's, I, isn't it supposed to be more in line with the comic? Yes, it's design? very, it's very comic accurate. So I understand that, but it's not necessarily the best fashion choice. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I like, maybe why superheroes are aren't focused on fashion. <laughs> well, why are his goggles still orange? That's a great yeah. question. I, I want to think... know why there's so much white. Because well, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna get stains on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. That's a good like, point. Like we've watched Sam eat in several previous movies, and I feel <laughs> like he always got a stain on his shirt. He so spilled we're... coffee several times. So <laughs> maybe Shuri is just maybe she made some like stain repellent fabric. I don't maybe. know. Maybe probably well, that's is... Shuri is no Edna Mode from The Incredibles. Oh. <laughs> no one, one can no be one is Edna, Edna. Mode. <laughs> yeah. Shuri already would have revoked Wanda's cape, okay? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. But capes are cool. No capes. It's, <laughs> it's a statement. It is. But then you can get sucked but up by an airplane boat. That's besides the point. <laughs> right. But I also, so part of me wonders about the goggles and why they're still orange. Like, I know, I know he still needs c- to communicate with Red Wing, like here. Um, uh-huh. But I feel like there's a better way to do that. Yeah. It also kind of looks like he's wearing a neck brace. 
See, that's the thing I noticed. It seems like the neck is really stiff. Can he even turn his head all the way? No, he can't. Because you could see when they were doing the action sequence, like he had to turn all the way, like with his wings when he was flying, because he couldn't look over his shoulder, which seems very dangerous. Yes, it does. Definitely. This is like in the Batman 1989 and 1992 movies. Michael Keaton could not turn his head in the Batman outfit. And that's not safe. Also, I appreciate the pattern on the wings a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Noticing those little details. Yeah. When he first flew in, when we first saw it on its glory, I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. And then I started noticing the small things and (laughs) the problem. Yeah. So maybe maybe he needs to call in the Wakandans for a redesign before Captain America before. So little redesign. I, I feel like Bucky may already be working on something. You think? Do you or think maybe Bucky it's knows too how to sew? soon? Probably yes. not. I think Bucky knows how to sew. He grew up in the 1940s. He yeah. probably exactly. He grew <laughs> up in the 1940s. Yeah, but he probably. So would they expect the fem- Would they expect the woman to do that? Not in, in the, the 1940s. Army. Not in the army. He probably had to oh. fix his socks, fix his pants. Bucky should be a member of like the local churches, like sewing and quilting group. Oh, oh yeah. I guarantee you. I guarantee the old ladies would be all over him. Oh yes, they would be. Wouldn't. <laughs> He's probably part of the crochet club. Oh my gosh. For sure. That's right. Um, but I don't know. Because Bucky and Steve, like, if in the early Captain America movies, it was implied that they are both decent artists. Um, so I feel like yeah. Bucky's already working on a few sketches because I don't think he Probably. liked the first one very much. No, yeah. <laughs> I also appreciate that Bucky has the confidence around Sam's community and family to just have his arm out and be yeah. in a short sleeve shirt. Yeah. Especially around children. Um that was like really heartwarming for me. Um yeah. and also I don't know. I just feel like the picture montage with Sam really cracked me up because he really didn't know what to do with himself there. <laughs> um because he was kind of he was pretty new to this whole superhero identity thing anyway but now being captain america is like a whole nother Mm -hmm. level but i think what's important with his reclaiming or his you know accepting of being captain america is that he's not going to abandon his family anymore right right he's going to be connected to his community because his community is his connection to the people who he's fighting for Right. I think that's a, an, an important thing yeah. that Steve Steve didn't really have because Steve. Well, to be fair, his community died while he was in the ice. And that's the thing. That's the thing with Steve, and right, and what we see in with John Walker and maybe how the government and like that American nationalism and and uh, bigotry that the Shield very much could represent is yeah. the lack of true connection, true representation, and hearing what the what the, the voices of the people. And well, Sam- Besides his girlfriend, who by the well, way, I'm still very confused about. I think we're all a little confused. I know, I know. I didn't I... even know her name. No, I don't know. She was never given a name. At least not one that we remember. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just want a whole show of that weekend of just Bucky and Sam in Louisiana. Like, <laughs> in the boat. I, I would like to see Bucky go to probably their all-black church down there that they went to. He, he was probably like enjoying it. Yeah. Let's be honest, he grew up Catholic, most likely, and Catholic hymns aren't all that fun. And we know we know Steve was in a barbershop quartet. Now, oh, yeah. you can only imagine that Bucky uh, <laughs> has smooth vocal skills, too. Oh, my God. But what part would he sing? <laughs> That's what you're worried about. Yes. <laughs> Important details that were apparently left out. 
I guarantee you Steve was lead, okay? Oh, well, oh my gosh, yes. Steve I has mean, I wouldn't lead be surprised. <laughs> I don't think Bucky would be lead, but I also no. don't think he would be bass or baritone, but the idea of Bucky as tenor really, really complicates yeah. things. I mean, Bucky, <laughs> Bucky always has a hard time in life, so maybe he's the baritone. I mean, that would make sense. But I... Maybe Sam and Bucky should start a barbershop quartet. I can, think they should. Can someone write that for me? Just like a fan fiction of them in a barbershop quartet? Because I think I don't, we should email Marvel and have that be like the opening scene. Them singing in a barbershop quartet. And then every once in a while, we cut to bad guys fighting. Yeah. Here's, or like um, scheming. Yeah. Here's, here's Sharon. She's going, oh, oh. I got plans. Peter, and they're Parker just in the barbershop quartet. <laughs> so now so we're going to have a Marvel barbershop quartet. Sing. But who's the fourth one? Is it Scott? Is it Ant Man? That would be hilarious. But I don't know if he could do that. Ant Man is Ant Man is the lead. Sam is Faith. <laughs> yes. Is baritone, and Peter and is tenor. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. I would like this to happen, please. If somebody's listening who writes like, oh my God, I was going to say fan fiction, but we need to hear it. So, oh my gosh. Marvel, dear, dear Malcolm Spellman, you must start Captain America 4 like this. If you don't, Wait. Amelia will cry more than usual. Right. <laughs> That's the key. Well, For there now, we go. I'm just picturing this and it's, it's made my day. Yeah. <laughs> oh. but i mean i don't know i feel like the personal relationship between the two of them has grown so much that let's be honest they probably would start a barbershop quartet or something yeah because i guarantee you while they were fixing the boat they were singing and comparing notes on music oh i bet because remember how angry sam was when <laughs> bucky said he didn't listen to trouble man <laughs> I guarantee you Sam probably played that song about 50 times on that boat <laughs> so I feel like they had to well I, they wouldn't just work in silence I don't think Sam is made for that Bucky oh, definitely made, not but Sam has to have something going on in the background so I yeah. guarantee you there was music yeah <laughs> so Bucky's, yeah. Got, Bucky's got a song in his heart that he just needs to be, be able to be comfortable enough to let go. Right. M maybe Trouble Man is that song. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but, I think we should have some like nautical adventure on that boat. Oh, yes. <laughs> with Sarah. Sarah <laughs> must be on the boat as well with the kids. Yes. And Isaiah. Yeah. Also, Isaiah's grandson just really cracks me up, just in general. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, where are we going? I'll come. Yeah. Well, that was really impactful that they have a monument for oh Isaiah. Oh, my now. gosh. Well, that got me. That, well, everything takes, gets me, but yes. Yeah. It takes a lot for something to get me, but that got me. Yeah. For him to finally have... You know, goosebumps his, all over. Yeah, yeah, his sacrifices being recognized in a major and, way. And in the Captain America exhibit, like my heart couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. So the statue was very specific on the eyebrows. I don't know if anyone else <laughs> noticed that, but it was like the no. one that I really noticed, and I don't know why, but. Huh. Yeah. But Isaiah does have really nice eyebrows, so it worked out. Um, but yes, that monument and the fact that, you know, there are photos of that time period and the fact that maybe not the government, but the museum is willing to recognize this is super important because it will promote transparency, not only within like the military and the things that the military is doing, but also just like the government in general. 
the MCU. Yeah. It says that Isaiah's life matters, right? Yeah. When his yeah. whole existence was erased, it's saying that this part of this of, of our history, right, yeah. is is we should just we should just erase it, right? That it doesn't matter. And what Sam as a black Captain America is doing represents that yes, black lives matter. Okay. Yes. That's what that represents. Yeah. And, and it's incredible to see that in a Marvel show right now. As we just yeah. were, you know, this just this week, it was timed pretty perfectly as we got the the guilty verdict in the Chauvin trial. Yeah. I mean, I honestly look at the things Marvel is doing and it it honestly makes me super happy because it means that the world and Hollywood is paying attention. Yeah. Um, because there have been times where Hollywood doesn't pay attention and everyone knows that. They make things that are just not, they're not, you know, sensitive enough. And so I feel mm -hmm. like they're doing really well. Um, so I was really happy to see that. Yeah. It's a really special show. This whole show is really, really special. It was, yeah. I, I did not expect this. I really did not expect no. to go into our, really to go into the central issue that is dividing this country right now and to explore that in this series in a right. really, really well-educated way. Like the discourse in this show, it isn't some, you know, it, it doesn't have like a, it's not, it's not some flimsy message and tacked on message. Right. No, this is what the show was about. Yeah. yeah. And they did it well. Yeah. So yeah. good for them. So yeah, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier now Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I, I just love this show. I think it is right up there with WandaVision. It really is. It might even, right now, while I'm still on the high of the show, I think it might be better than WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. I think as a concept, Mar or WandaVision was really cool, but like content-wise and how much it can impact people, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is definitely ahead of WandaVision. Agreed. Okay. Well, this was our discussion of episode <laughs> five and episode six. You know, we didn't we didn't touch on, on everything we could have talked about. I mean, we could go on and on and on. But this, yeah, this, this was a good discussion. So, look here. We've made it through the series. We've made it through Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor, and then we have a final little game to play. And we're back. Okay. <laughs> so each week on the podcast, after we're done with our serious discussion, we are, have been playing. I mean, our discussion wasn't always serious today. We got on um, fun stuff with Sam and Bucky. Tangents. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's okay. So uh, we did lots of games. We've done, uh, you know, Millie had to fill in the Mad Lib. We did trivia, but we're going to bring it back to how we started. So Grace, you've already done this. Oh, yeah. So we're going to play some more Ship It or Rip It. Amelia's yeah. excited. Okay. I'm very excited. Yeah. So I have a mystical Svenguli cup. I have all <laughs> yeah. kinds of names in here. And we're Did going you put to... the names in from last time? Yes. Yes. This is everybody's name is back in here. Yep. Okay. So we're going to see what happens here. This is a real dangerous game sometimes. It, it's okay. Okay, let's see. People, Who's our... people could get very angry with our opinions. Yes. Okay, let's see. Who are our first two? Let's see. Each way down. We have Monica Rambeau and War Machine. No, Amelia, Amelia no. shaking her head. No. 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 Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like they're just in two different places in their lives. Yeah, they are. Two very different places <laughs> in their lives. Yeah, so rip it. Okay. 
Plus, I'm just picturing War Machine as like Monica's dad. Yeah, that's kind of where I was too. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, here's the other thing. There's people's other names are in here too. Oh boy. Forgot about this. Okay. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to get from the bottom because we had War Machine last time. Especially when our friend group is involved. <laughs> okay. Vision. And Falcon. <laughs> um, Let's be honest, that wouldn't work. No. Um, uh, no. Sam would get too annoyed with Vision. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like Vision would get too annoyed with Sam. Probably. Right. Yeah. 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 They are um, very incompatible. Incompatible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. Rip it, rip yep. it. Okay. Let's see here. We have Odin. Okay. And Dangerous. Do -do -do. Oh, and Agatha Harkness. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is a similar situation as last time. Where you have one character that is more like out there and outgoing and one that is so serious. And yeah. for some that could work, but I feel like in this case, no, I don't I mean, they're just too far. Yeah. Not to mention one of them is on Earth and the other one's in Asgard. So that's yeah. just well, one was on Earth before he died. Yeah. Or whatever. But, but he's yeah, also dead. So Agatha's got a lot of, <laughs> yes, very true now. Agatha's got a lot of energy to her. And Odin just kind of, when he was alive, just kind of sat on his throne and said, I'm going to, mm, Loki, I don't like you. Thor, I'm giving you all my, all my love. Yeah, and he slept a lot. He did. He went into Odin's sleep or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So no. No. We're not drawing very good ones today. No, okay. just give a minute. <laughs> we have Yondu. And come on. Oh, and Tony. I ship Iron it Man. as a romance. As a romance? What would they have done if they met each other? Honestly, I'm not sure, but it would have been highly entertaining. Yeah, very. They would have, yeah, I feel like they, Yandu would have appreciated, they would have appreciated each other. Yes. Hence, would like to know what either of them has to say about the other. Yeah. Right. Like, what kind of nicknames would Tony come up with? Oh my oh, gosh! So many. How would Tony say, "Who's what? Who is this Blue Man? Blue Man Group member? Lost Blue Man Group member?" Yeah, Blue Man group member. Exactly. <laughs> that would be an epic burn. It's <laughs> interesting. Okay. So, um, bromance. I guess maybe we'll have another separate category. Bromance. <laughs> Okay, oh, we have <laughs> Peggy Carter okay. and, Gra and Grace. Hmm. As a friendship, <laughs> as, as, a friendship. <laughs> as a relationship, no, because they're both perfectionists and they would get <laughs> I like how that's the direction you went in. <laughs> that's the direction. Well, um, I, yeah, I'm just picturing you two like walking down the street, like, like arguing. I don't know. Are you? <laughs> Wait, what? You'd be arguing about something dumb. <gasps> I can picture you two having a. I can picture you two having like a ladies' day together or something on the town. Yeah. That'd be really fun for you two. But I don't think they would last very long in an actual relationship. No, no. <laughs> so, interesting friends. takes. Good friends. Yeah, good friends. Do you, do you agree with those takes, Grace? I mean, you're not wrong. Okay. You can't argue oh. too much. Okay, we have Red Skull. And and Hank Pym. <laughs> oh, how would that have ever? 
I feel it. like this is another situation where one would get annoyed with the other. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are a lot of personalities in the Marvel Universe that just don't, they don't work well together. No. So all I can see is like the science minds, like, I don't know. All I see is Hank Pym being himself and Red Skull just always rolling his eyes at him. Yeah. Valid. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I just, um, how? Red Skull's, all, all Red Skull's living in Vormir as the Soul Stone guy, just chilling out. Right. So, well, he doesn't even have, have a job anymore because on Earth, or on our dimension, the Soul Stone is gone. Yeah. So what's he doing? Is he just like playing Uno with himself somehow? He's just playing solitaire. Yeah. <laughs> I can picture that. Poor Red Skull. He's, um, <laughs> Sad life. That's okay. okay. He kind of deserves it. I mean, he did some pretty bad things. But yeah, that's I mean, besides he's, the point. I mean, he's a Nazi, so. Okay. Okay. We have Spider Man. Okay. <laughs> and me. <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> and me. Yep. Oh, yes. um, I think Marshall's uh, on board. Yeah. Definitely on board, and I'm on board. <laughs> I, I, I'm here for it. Yeah, yep. I agree. Good times we'd have I together. <laughs> yep, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Not only because you two are both super dorky, but like also just because you're both like absolute cinnamon rolls, it would work perfectly. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Yes. There we go. We have one. We have one. I like how that's our one ship. (laughs) 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 Okay, we'll do a few more here. See if we can find some more treasures. Maybe we'll find someone to pair up with Amelia. We have have 10 minutes left. So, okay. Oh, let's see. Come on. Okay, we have... Hulk, good okay. old Bruce Banner, and oh, and Thanos. <laughs> I don't nope. think that would work. I nope. think Hulk is too angry at Thanos. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, there's good reason for all that anger. So, yeah. Um, can Thanos even love anybody, really? That's no. a love that's not toxic? No. No. That's a great question. And I think no. Amelia answered it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, nope, let's throw that one way down to the bottom of some pit. <laughs> a fiery pit, maybe. Fiery one, yes. Okay. Okay. We have, oh, okay. We have Doctor Strange. Oh, and Black Panther. Honestly? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could work, but also... Again, they're in, they're in very different realms of life. Like, yeah. They also have very large egos. So I'm not sure how... They're both very alpha male. So I'm not really sure how that would work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can see it actually, strangely. But um, somehow. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> that was not intentional. <laughs> but oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> so I don't know. Huh. What would it like? I bet that uh, somebody write that fic. I bet it's out there. How do, How do they? How does it start? But let's imagine Shuri's reaction to this because I think she'd be totally down to have someone who can do magic by her. Yeah. Technology it, and magic together. Right. I think That'd it could be a fun mix. Yeah. I think it could work, kind of. Yeah. Well, there we go. Like their egos would just take a seat. <laughs> I'm going to throw it on the works pile because we need more. They need company. I need company over there. <laughs> okay. 
you need to pull your name, dang Amelia. I don't know where it is. They could search Why don't we just here. say Amelia and you Why don't we just say, okay, okay. So we have Amelia and now we draw a name. I'd be interested to see if you drew Amelia. <laughs> oh, why Amelia and Rocket Raccoon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Amelia could handle Rocket Raccoon. No, you, you Rocket probably... Raccoon is too too much. Amelia, you'd end up killing him. Probably. Probably. <laughs> like if we're being honest, yeah, most likely. <laughs> That's that would definitely happen. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, so no. Here, let's keep drawing. I want to find Amelia, sweet honey, here in this. In this so we're just going to keep drawing for Amelia? Keep drawing for Amelia. I'm okay yep. with that. Yep. Okay, who do we got now? Oh, Wasp. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I think it would be more of a friendship, but kind of like Grace and Peggy. Yeah. That would you be a fun. We could all go out. And one day, have a girl's day. Yeah, brunch. Oh, oh and, and Spider-Man and I will join you for dinner or something. Yeah, perfect. Night. Yes, perfect day. Per indeed, a perfect day that would be. Yes. Well, there we go. That's how we'll end this. There we go. Perfect. Ship it or rip it. Well, we found friends or romance for all of us in this <laughs> life. Okay. Thank you all for listening. That was really, really fun. And like I've said about a million times this episode, here we go. We've, we've made it through Falcon Winter Soldier. Marvel's next show on Disney Plus is Loki in the summer, in June. Now, I, I, don't, I know, Ooh, we do. Um, we have to finish college. We have to finish our first year of college. Finals. Uh, so excited though. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know what I'm doing for Loki, if we're gonna do week to week or, I don't know. Rachel is very, very excited for Loki. Well. Rachel should just let me know how she's feeling after each episode because I'm pretty sure we'll be in similar spots. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I do not think there will be a podcast episode probably until June. We'll start back up again in June. I have many, many ideas for things to do this summer to talk about. We might do a book club of some sort. Amelia's down. Yes, <laughs> pick a book um, for you know, for June, July, and August and talk about it at the end of the month in the podcast. I like that idea. And I don't know, maybe we'll, when Black Widow comes out, we'll deep dive into Black Widow. We are all going together, whether we are watching it on someone in someone's backyard or in a movie theater. Yes. If we go to the movie theater, I volunteer to bring the Lysol spray. Perfect. Well, I, I have so much hand, hand sanitizer. It's not even funny because... <laughs> Over the years, Annie and I have purchased so many <laughs> bath and body hand sanitizers that we oh. never use. I have gone through <laughs> at least five and not had to purchase more. Okay, we're all set. Yep, we're all set for that. This was a great episode, great series, and I will see you all next time. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, Grace and Amelia. This was a lot of fun. And until next time on Mystery Science Marshall, remember... To love what you love, love who you love, love yourself, and keep feeling groovy. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>